0: Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson, and Jamie Edmonds are up at six with J.R. Morning.
1: Now it's first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale. Well, it is absolutely nuts out there, Renee. I cannot remember a time where our show had so many stories of of guns and gun violence and people who shouldn't have guns and innocent victims caught up in gun violence. I, I know that there's a lot of shootings that happen every day, but it, T- today, today's extreme and we're probably not even going to get to all of it.
2: Extreme on the local and national level.
1: Yeah. So let's start with a, a story we told you about yesterday. We're getting more information on a shooting that happened Monday night outside of Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Troy. The one person who was shot was identified as a woman in her 20s. She was there with her four-year-old daughter and another woman. The gunman shot the woman while she sat in the driver's seat multiple times in the lower body, she was actually sitting in valet at 630 at night. Wow. Uh, she's expected to recover physically. The child and other woman were not shot. Uh, obviously, police believe this was a target attack. They're still looking for the gunman. He drove away in a white Durango. They say that there's no elevator risk to the public, but I'm sure everyone will feel much, much better when this dirt bag is caught. Just oh, yeah. Ter- terrifying, terrifying situation. Absolutely. And and the, uh, you know, the thought that he walked up to her in, in, you know, in a crowded valet area at 630 at night, prime dinner time, uh, and didn't even care. And he just shot her just, uh, yeah, someone like that needs to be off the street ASAP. And then here is something that was developing yesterday as, as the show was going on, uh, four suspects, they've been arrested and police are searching for a fifth after a shooting that sent an 11 year old girl identified as Amara Glenn to the hospital. Last we heard she's in critical condition after at least two men pulled up in a car and fired 23 rounds at a house on the, on Detroit's east side, striking her in the head as she slept on the couch. Detroit police say that at the time of the shooting, There were 15 to 20 people inside the home, and a lot of things didn't add up, like the fact that there was a man inside the house claiming to be the girl's uncle, but he didn't know her name. I guess her father kind of just wandered up to the crime scene after the fact. Also, this house was the target of a similar shooting back in December. Some of the suspects are connected to an auto theft room that's been operating in the area. One of the suspects was involved in a shooting that killed a 17-year-old last week.
2: Yeah, there and, definitely needs to be more digging done on this uh, house. Things are not kosher over there.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. You have this child sleeping on, on, on this couch in this house where there's 15 to 20 people. During the week. What, at 4 a.m. Right. And on top of that, wh- whoever was in charge of this child brought her to a house that that they probably knew was the target of a drive-by back in December. And you just leave her unattended on the couch. Um, I, I forgot the name of the assistant chief who was quoted yesterday. It slipped my mind. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he was spot on when he said something more is going on in right. this house this poor child's innocent victim she should be getting up getting ready for school that well, she's fighting for her life and in, it
2: just uh, shows you that you know why is she sleeping on a couch on a weeknight when she should be in a bed getting re- like he said getting ready for school 15 people in the house how's that kid even able to rest well the whole thing is bad
1: yeah and number one you hope the child pulls through and recovers and then you hope maybe the child gets some help child protective services maybe getting involved because it seems like before this happened uh she was in a pretty bad situation right and then uh we found out about two more people who were charged um Due to the shooting at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade that killed one woman, Um, Dominic Miller and Lindell Mays. They're both adults. They're both facing second degree murder charges, two counts of armed criminal action and two counts of an unlawful use of a weapon. Miller and Mays, they joined the two juveniles, which we haven't heard much about, but maybe it's because they're they're minors uh, who were charged earlier for the shooting, bringing the number of people facing charges up to four. Now, these two adults, they didn't know each other. They got into an argument at the parade, and they both pulled out guns and started shooting. So it sounds like they both came strapped, and they both came looking for a fight, and one woman and 22 others were were, were caught in the crossfire. And it's
2: all because one thought the other was staring at them.
1: Oh, is that what it is? Yeah.
2: yeah. So, so obviously,
1: the, at one or at least both of these guys were looking for a fight because— yeah. How does it escalate from just staring at you to 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 one person dead, twenty two people injured?
2: All these stories have so many people that could have. There could have been so many more potential deaths. You know, uh, right. this one obviously, fifteen people in that house, a, a restaurant at dinner time. It's it's just insane to me that these people had no no regard for others other lives that yeah, they might and, affect.
1: And, right in the parade. And the, the random restaurant on a Monday night, these are places that you go to that you don't even give a, give a second thought to right. Well, I mean, the parade. You, you might give a second thought to your safety, Unfortunately, but, I, I mean, yeah, but, but these are places where you normally would expect some sort of, of level of safety and that that's been shattered. Yep. That, and, and, and look, that story about Troy, uh, the, the Ruth Chris shooting of that woman waiting in the valet, um, you, you know, the I, I'm going to take the police at the word saying there's no elevated risk to the public, but but that guy, it, it, that guy's got to get off the street because for someone to be that brazen, that public at that time of day, uh, that person is is an absolute menace and a danger until they're apprehended. Agreed. Um, Some bad news for uh, a couple of former Trump lawyers handed down by the Supreme Court yesterday.
2: Yeah, the Supreme Court rejected an appeal from Sidney Powell and other lawyers allied with former President Donald Trump over $150,000 in sanctions that they were ordered to pay for abusing the court system with a sham lawsuit challenging the 2020 election results in Michigan. The justices did not comment in leaving in place the sanctions against seven lawyers who were part of the lawsuit filed on behalf of six Republican voters. After Joe Biden's $154,000 vote victory over, or excuse me, $154,000 vote victory over Trump in the state, uh, the money is owed to the state and Detroit for their costs in defending the lawsuit. The sanctions initially totaled $175,000, but a federal appear, appeals court reduced them by about $25,000. In October, Powell pleaded guilty to state criminal charges in Georgia over her efforts to overturn Trump's loss in the state. She pleaded guilty to six misdemeanors, accusing her of conspiring to intentionally interfere with the performance of election duties.
1: Overseas, the United States vetoed an Arab-backed U.N. resolution demanding an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza, uh, saying it would interfere with current hostage negotiations they're engaged in. The resolution received overwhelming support among the 15-member Security Council by a margin of 13 to 1, with the U.K. abstaining and uh, there's word that the United States are working on a counter-proposal for the UN, so we'll see what they come up with. Um, The the drama is not... It is far from over in the Michigan Republican Party.
2: Here we go again. A count Cunni- yeah. County, Cunni- wow, say that ten times face. A Kent County judge <laughs> allowed Tuesday a lawsuit that asked the court to enforce Christina Karamo's removal as the Michigan Republican Party chairwoman to proceed, rejecting Karamo's attempts to dismiss it. The ruling in Circuit Court was a victory for Karamo's opponents within the state GOP and meant that hearings on whether an injunction against Karamo should be issued or can go forward forward. The Republican National Committee has formally recognized former U.S. Uh, Representative Pete Hoekstra as the Michigan's GOP chairman, but Karamo has refused to step aside, continuing to hold meetings and even spend the party's money. A court ruling could require her to depart. Karamo's lawyer argued Tuesday the matter was an intraparty political dispute that the court shouldn't get involved in. Lawyers for a group of Karamo's critics said that the question at hand wasn't political, but whether the party bylaws were followed when anti-Karamo fact of the Michigan Republican Party State Committee voted to remove her on January 6th. Now the lawyers say that question and Cramo's unwillingness to leave her position is what warranted the court's attention.
1: Yeah, and I'm 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 so curious to see how this is going to play out because you've got these two warring f- factions. It seems like all the muscle in the Republican Party is behind Pete Hoekstra, but Christina Cramo says that she's still the rightful leader, the the rightful chairwoman. And I, I don't know if they're going to be holding dueling caucuses. I, that caucus is coming up, I believe, um, March 2nd here in in Michigan. So um, that, that week could be very, very interesting and very, very confusing. I think for...
2: I'm going to just start making myself up titles for myself.
1: <laughs> right. Well, here's the th- I mean, right. So, so let's say Christina Cromwell is forcibly removed in a court of law and I don't know what the protocol is and she refuses to step down. I mean she got like like what what power and recourse does she have? What right. what at what point at what point do do her or camp say, All right, it's 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 over. You're done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Take her swipe like
2: card to get into the building.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just uh, deactivate the key card or something. <laughs> I, I don't know, but she's definitely not going down without a fight. No, she's just... not. All right. It's first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR, and joined by Guy Lloyd and Jamie right now. Uh, just uh, anyone in the room, if you had a chance to go to Mars, would you take it or no? Uh, we'll start with Guy.
3: <laughs> yeah, I I absolutely would. I know I... he would. I, I would I, I would I would sign up for that you know At but I mean way. no but yeah, let's face it it's a one way trip
0: yeah
1: yeah it, it is what about you Lloyd and no, Jamie I, no uh-uh. no <laughs> see I, I had a feeling Jamie wouldn't because um she she's very averse to um broadcasting from the a tower on the court <laughs> right
0: right you already knew that that's too Mars is too far
1: <laughs> yeah Lloyd I, I wasn't sure about you and no. and I figured if anybody in this room would would be game for a trip to Mars it would be Guy just because he's Like the most curious person I've
2: ever met. And let's
3: face
1: it, of all the people in this
3: room, who would everybody most like to send to Mars? It's me.
2: (laughs) Your words, not ours. (laughs) You said it.
1: (laughs) It's like Survivor. Guy, you have been voted off the Earth. (laughs) Take your torch and go to Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, NASA is is inching closer to it. Um, They're looking for four people to live in their Mars simulator down in Houston for a year. Now, I I'm with Lloyd and Jamie. I wouldn't take the trip to Mars, but I might live in the Mars simulator for a year. Um, somehow they're going to um, replicate the uh, living conditions on Mars as, as, as well as we know it. Uh, but this sounds kind of fun. You'll go on a simulated spacewalk. You'll have to grow crops, work with robots and work to maintain the habitat. Um, you know, my question is, let's say, um, you quote unquote die in the simulation, right? You do something wrong, and up in space it would have been fatal. Do you, do you just go home, or do they let you start over again? I don't know.
2: Do you get so many lives like a video game? Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. start over. I don't well, know. I don't, don't know. Scary.
0: It, I mean, you know, in the simulator, you know, at least I know my feet is act- are actually on the ground. I'm not, you know, in right. space. You know, but right. still, you know, it, it. What what are the you know what what are the uh, consequences? I mean, can you die in this simulator? I mean, well, know. we know you go back to
3: sixty seven. We had three Apollo astronauts die in in an Apollo capsule on the launching pad yeah. doing a simulation. Yeah, when so. it caught fire.
2: I'm good. Uh, either yeah. in the simulator okay. or Mar, I'm I'm good yeah. with all this. I'll, my my vacation yeah. plans are different than some other people's. I think. Yeah. Well, luckily for
1: all of us, you know, I don't think any of us make the cut. You got to have a master's in engineering, math, and biology. I'm out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I mean I guy I guess that just goes to sort of this adventurous spirit that uh, scientists and astronauts have. They you know they 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 sign up for these missions knowing that they might not ever be coming back and um yeah so yeah i'm i'm with lloyd if i know i'm on earth and things go sideways i could just walk out of the simulator that's fine but uh it, 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 if i'm up in space yeah. and if things go wrong there's nothing but space i'm good on that
3: yeah Ground control to Major Tom, right? I Is mean uh, and, and here's the thing, I just got texted from Gail, she's already got my bag packed.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, she's actually the one who funded this NASA <laughs> mission to get you to, uh, to Mars faster. What well, do you eight? need though in your bag to Mars? Just your space suit?
3: Oh, That's I'm it. taking a lot of Oreos. <laughs> I've got no, I'm yeah, no. this 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 cream spinach in a tube thing isn't gonna make it. Yeah, I mean, I'm about to
0: say, you know, the the, the uh peanut butter and all all the other foods that are in these little packets packets and stuff, you know? I I can't even
2: pack for Cancun. I don't even know what that would look (laughs) like. (laughs) Well, how much socks and
1: underwear do you pack? Because you know (laughs) when you're going on vacation. Oh, Wow. You you pack you know you pack a, enough socks and underwear like you're going to be changing four times a day. Well, so. there must be a laundry service of some sort.
0: <laughs> In say, space, no. yeah, or on the simulator, but you wait forever for delivery. Well,
1: there must be. You can't <laughs> wear the same undergarments for a year, Lloyd. Well,
0: listen, uh, I don't know what.
1: Obviously. No,
0: I don't know what the atmosphere is like. That you might not be able to smell the funk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, be, I, the, the funk be, might not come through in the atmosphere. I think ex- we, we just
3: found Lloyd Jackson's next top forty hit. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: gotta find the funk. That, that's actually what NASA their main mission is. Does the stank travel in space? That's it. I don't know. You know what? Might- we are such a highbrow
3: organization. <laughs> we went to the potty, and that's that was quicker than the trip to Mars. <laughs>
1: You know what? Here's the thing. If NASA listens to the segment, if any of us were under consideration for this, oh, we've yeah. just been completely <laughs> disqualified. The big X. Oh my goodness. But you know what? The simulated spacewalk sounds fun. They they should make that. Uh, they should open that up to tourism or something. Because there's certain things I'd like to do. Other things
2: I wouldn't like. That, that could be a ride was, at Cedar Point. Right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I had a chance and, to go on the thing where they simulate weightlessness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. But when I learned that they called it the Vomit Comet, I <laughs> no. I, I begged off of that. Oh because, Yeah. You know what? Yeah.
1: I can't even do the tilt-a-whirl. I'd be deadbeat on that. Right JR Morning you. coming up next. A 44-year-old Flint man is the first person charged under the, under the newly enacted safe storage gun laws after his 2-year-old daughter shot herself with an unsecured firearm and died. The accidental shooting happened. On February 14th, just one day after the safe storage law went into effect, Michigan man has been arrested in the shooting deaths of two people in a dorm room at the University of Colorado last Friday morning. Two victims were 24-year-old Samuel Knopp, a student at Colorado, and 26-year-old Seely Rain Montgomery, who is not enrolled. 25-year-old Nicholas Jordan, Samuel Knopp's roommate from Detroit, was arrested Monday and rained yesterday. He is being held on a $5 million bond. Getting more information on a shooting that happened Monday night outside of Ruth Chris Steakhouse in Troy. One person was shot. She was identified as a woman in her 20s. She was at the restaurant with her four-year-old daughter and another woman. The gunman shot the woman while she sat in the driver's seat in the valet bay, multiple times in the lower body around 630 in the evening. She's expected to recover physically. The child and the other woman were not shot. Police believe that this was a targeted attack. They're still looking for the gunman. He drove away in a white Durango. Four suspects have been arrested and police are searching for a fifth connected to a shooting that sent an 11-year-old girl identified as Amara Glenn to the hospital in critical condition after at least two men pulled up in a car and fired 23 rounds at a house on Detroit's east side, striking Amara as she slept on the couch. Detroit police say that the at the time of the shooting there are 15 to 20 people inside the home and a lot of things didn't add up like the fact that there was a man inside the house claiming to be the girl's uncle who didn't know her name the house was a target of a similar attack back in December some of the suspects who were arrested they're connected to an auto theft ring that's been operating in the area and one was involved in a shooting that killed a 17 year old last week a lawsuit asking the court to enforce the removal of Christina Caramo's chairwoman of the Michigan Republican Party may proceed after a co- Kent County judge threw out Karamo's attempt to get the lawsuit dismissed. And- Renee, some good news for people with food allergies.
2: Yeah, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's approved the first drug to treat people with potentially deadly food allergies, Zolaire, and injections now available to adults and children one year and older to reduce the risk of severe allergic reactions to foods. Now, Zolaire is intended as a safety measure for allergic reactions to accidental exposures, not immediate emergency treatment. The drug binds to an antibody that triggers allergic reactions to block the body from doing so, and the FDA said Zolair is the first approved medication to reduce allergic reactions to more than one type of food after accidental exposure. This includes allergies to milk, egg, wheat, or nuts. So that's pretty huge. Wow.
1: Yeah. I, I I'm surprised to hear. Well, I, I don't know the difference between allergies to milk and 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 digestion issues with milk. I, I'm guessing they're different. So maybe that doesn't mean. That I can have pizza with ranch again, but you no, know, I might, I might be able to have those roasted almonds that I smell at the auto show. Oh, I,
2: you know what? That would be a great day. We we should just go, just so you can uh, try the almonds. Should that be the case? Although I don't know that I want to test this theory with you, Mike. Well, I was
1: gonna say, I was gonna say,
2: have an EpiPen in your back pocket yeah, just, just in case. In case. <laughs>
1: yeah, but. Oh, man. It's like a cheat code in a video game where you're where you're like invincible.
2: I think you're looking at this the wrong way. <laughs> That's not oh. what this is intended for. What, for me to pig out? Yeah, yeah, there's, exactly. There's,
1: there's people with real-life life-threatening allergies, and all I'm thinking about is stuffing my face. <laughs>
2: Correct. I mean, your it's words, very, not mine.
1: That's <laughs> very on-brand for me. All right. So this, this Ruby Frankie woman, she's a, a, a former— mommy blogger and parenting advice uh, guru, uh, quote unquote, on YouTube, she was sentenced to 60 years, four to 60 years in prison for child abuse, along with this woman named Jody Hillebrand, who is her quote unquote, business partner. Um, she, you know, she did the, she, she had this YouTube channel about her and her eight kids. Um, one of her children was found Asking for help back in 2023, he was emaciated. Uh, police uh, arrested the mother. They found terrible conditions for the other children uh, inside the house. Uh, it turns out that she waterboarded her children. This this therapist woman, Jody Hildebrandt, who was also uh, arrested and pled guilty and is facing a similar um, prison sentence she convinced these 8 kids that they were possessed and and they needed to to repent and listen to their mother to keep them under control. Wow. I got to tell you anybody who uses their kids as social media content and, and their sole source of income, I'm very very skeptical of.
2: It's very John Bonnet Ramsey-esque to me. That vibe. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it it is and I mean, you can just tell. Look, kids are kids, right? They don't want to be a party. They they don't want to be forced to do things for social media clicks. They're only doing it because their parents want them to. So I, I'm glad these people were busted, and hopefully these kids get the help they need. Yeah, and
2: she even admitted to kicking her kid in the head with boots on as a punishment.
1: Yeah, it's just, uh,
2: disgusting.
1: Yeah. Just, you know, sh- shut shut down the mommy bloggers who use their kids as content. If if it's a woman, get, it, it, a man or a woman giving their advice by themselves, that's fine. But once they start bringing their kids into the equation, it's kind of yeah. creepy. All right. Well, in uh, in more positive news, there is a great event coming up this weekend to benefit Special Olympics. Renee.
2: Tis the season for taking icy plunges. And no, I'm not talking about ice baths for health reasons. This is even better, Mike. It's polar plunge season where this weekend you could take a jump into icy Lake St. Clair, all to help raise funds for the Special Olympic athletes of Southeast Michigan. To explain more about this crazy fun event is my good friend, Ted Grossnickel, the Director of Corporate Engagement and Events for the Special Olympics of Michigan. Good morning, Ted.
4: Good morning. Thank you for having me on today.
2: Yeah, no problem. And
1: Ted, you know, tell us about this event. You got people jumping into to, to freezing cold lakes for a good cause, right?
4: Yeah, we sure do. So the Polar Plunge Series is the largest fundraising opportunity for Special Olympics mission in the state. And this weekend, we're coming right to Macomb County, where we're hosting our annual Polar Plunge at Mac Harbor. <clears throat> so we have... Over 200 plungers will be actually wow. jumping off the pier right into the cold water, raising funds. And we also have a frozen 5K charity walk kicking off our morning as well.
2: And so say you're, you're not all about the plunging, but you're about giving. Do you have to jump in the water to donate? How does that work? What if I'm, I'm too afraid to do that?
4: You know, we have many options for those who are unable to plunge themselves. We have a two chicken to plunge option if you still <laughs> want to register and come out That's and ask me. your friends and family to support. Um, we also have tons of raffle items and baskets and entertainment during the plunge day. So you can come out, spectate, watch everyone jump, and still support at the event itself.
1: Yeah, and this uh, all proceeds are to be- benefit the Special Olympics. I am, uh, I'm so curious about these events. I, w- what happens as soon as people jump into that water? How fast does it take for them to get out, and, <laughs> and, and do they warm up right away? Is there, like, a warming room? What, what happens there?
4: Yeah, and our weather's looking pretty good this weekend, so uh, we're not quite as polar as years have been. But for all of our plungers, as soon as they jump in the water, our friends from the Michigan State Police dive team will help them get out quickly and safely, And then Macrae Harbor has their indoor changing room set up, well heated, so people will rush back inside warm up and then enjoy our after splash bash.
2: And I mean, this is something that's fun. I've, I've taken part of it that I haven't jumped, but I've, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of this in the past. And uh, it's it's really something to see, even if you're not plunging, just coming out to support. Uh, it, it's, it's really a sight to see. And you guys have different events throughout the day. You mentioned uh, the 5K, but there's a pre-splash bash as well.
4: Yes. Doors open at 10 a.m. for our pre-splash bash. You can come on out. Um, Macrae Harbor will have the bars open. We'll have food available for purchase. Um, Tons of raffles. Our our teachers within the Michigan Intermediate School District, um, Macomb County, have lined up over 100 raffle baskets. So they will be um, tons of stuff for people to come out and enjoy.
1: So, you know, I, like I said, this this um, benefits the Special Olympics. What does that money actually go towards when it comes to benefiting Special Olympics?
4: Yeah, great question. So right in Macomb County alone, we have over 1,400 athletes. In Southeast Michigan, over 10,000. And that's both kids and adults with intellectual disabilities. Uh, when they come to Special Olympics, not only do they get free access to sports and training program, which is what Most people think when they think Special Olympics, like our track and field meets, our summer games, our our big events, but they also receive free access to health and wellness services, uh, disabilities advocacy work, anti-bullying education for local schools, Really anything that is there to benefit the lives of people with an intellectual disability, on Special Olympics provides.
2: And I love that the athletes, many of them are on the scene the day of the splash. So you get to actually meet them, get to hear their stories, uh, and really see where your money's going.
4: Yeah, totally. We'll have athletes out there front row cheering you on, and they're also the ones judging our costume contest. So, you know, costumes are encouraged for plungers, and the athletes will be there uh, picking their favorite.
2: I have to say my favorite in years past was uh, the group that did the Simpsons. They all dressed, it up, dressed up as different members of the Simpsons. <laughs> it was a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, face paint and all.
1: <laughs> well, Ted Grossnickel, a Director of Corporate Engagement and Events for the Polar Plunge. If people want to donate or get involved, where should they go? Yeah, they
4: can head to plungemi.org. From there, you can click on our location in Macomb County, We have 30 plunges statewide. So if you're not local to Macomb County, there is definitely an option for you. And you can also find us on social media of
1: Plunge MI. And let's see, it's Wednesday morning, so there's plenty of time to still get involved if you do want to plunge, right?
4: There certainly is, and we will accept plungers registering on site. We do recommend a minimum $100 either donated or fundraised to participate, but still plenty of time to get signed up.
2: There well, you go, Mike. You can make a game day decision and plunge. Yep. I know it's on your mind to do it. I'll do it
1: if you do it, Renee.
2: I'm MCing. <laughs> oh, oh, okay.
1: Wow. How convenient. Well, Ted, best of luck with this event and thanks for taking some time with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitelli, WJR. The Environmental Protection Agency and the Biden administration may be relaxing some of their electronic vehicle mandates over the next decade.
2: So what's behind the possible change of heart? Paul Einstein, senior contributing editor for Headlight News, discusses it with the JR Morning crew.
3: Auto dealers, automakers and consumers all lamenting the fact that the EV transition has more speed bumps in it than perhaps most of us anticipated. And especially for the automakers, they've begun to see a slowing. Make no mistake. Electric vehicle sales are still increasing. They're just not increasing at the rate that they were before or the rate that was anticipated. And that means some adjustments. But the Biden administration wasn't showing any inclination in allowing for that, regulatorily speaking. Well, now they are. Uh, the Biden administration is asking the EPAs to engage in some flexibility in terms of the deadline by which Automakers need to reach 65% EV sales, for instance. What are the long-term impacts, short-term impacts of this? Paul Eisenstein, Senior Contributing Editor for Headlight.News, joining us live this morning with some analysis on that. Paul, good morning. Hey, good morning, Guy. Good to be
5: with you. And uh, by the way, I'm glad you got that right. A lot of people get that story wrong. They
3: think that EV sales are slowing. It's just the rate of growth. You nailed it. Thank you. Well, we're, we we try to be accurate every now and then. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the but the, this how significant is it that the Biden administration, especially under the political pressures that they are seeing from both Trump and others, are saying, you know what, we need an adjustment. I'm impressed
5: with this. Uh, Think about how many times we as people in just conversations talk about we wish the government were more flexible to adjust to real world situations as situations change. So the fact that they are rolling this back, or at least they're planning to delay this, not eliminate it, but delay it, uh, means a, a level of flexibility you don't normally see from Washington. Uh, and, and we'll see exactly what happens. This is a proposal. We understand we haven't gotten clear guidance yet, so we'll have to wait for uh, for the president or somebody in the EPA to give us the final the final decision.
0: Paul, what do you think? Uh, some of the key points we should be looking for with these uh, revisions. I mean, is, is there anything specific? Uh, any specific changes that could have a significant impact on on the industry? Yeah. It. it would appear that
5: they're giving the industry a bit more time uh, before they have to reach, uh, well, basically as much as two-thirds of the new vehicle market going all electric. There could be other changes worked in. I, I have yet to get sources to give me a really full indication of what they're planning. But I know that the that, that there's a lot of talk about tweaking the market, tweaking the plans to reflect the fact that there are other ways – to bridge the gap between all electric and all gas. Uh, We may see, for example, some proposals in the white house to talk about the move to hybrids. Uh, Mm. We're we're seeing huge growth in the sale of hybrids, the best known out there, of course, being the the Toyota Prius. Uh, They, they outsold EVs last year, just slightly, uh, but they're continuing to grow at a fairly fast clip. And you Remember, just a couple weeks ago, General Motors said that it's going to add plug-in hybrids to its fleet. They weren't going to do that. They were going to go all-electric only. Uh, Plug-in hybrids usually give you enough range to cover, depending on the model, anywhere from about 25 to 50 miles or more in all-electric mode, meaning most people who own a plug-in can go days, weeks, even months before they burn a drop of gasoline. Uh, we may see the administration start talking about the benefits of that. Uh, but again, we'll have to wait to see what the exact changes the EPA come up comes up with.
1: Paul, you said this is a good sign. Because, I mean, the auto dealers were saying, hey, the consumer isn't ready yet for all electric. And do you think this sort of pauses just a little bit and gets the infrastructure time to catch up?
5: I think that's one of the critical reasons uh by delaying this slightly there are there are several good things one uh, consumers tend to according to jd power and other studies get much more comfortable with evs once they actually ride them and especially when they drive them it's quite interesting to see the numbers turn around people that say before they get in them i don't want one and what they say afterwards it tends to be a big change uh so people get more experience word of mouth gets around improvements in batteries we have ford motor company saying it's shifting gears so to speak to put more emphasis on developing affordable evs so we're going to see more affordable evs start to come to market this gives an opportunity for the industry to bring those out and of course to get the infrastructure Uh, we we are seeing many many more ev chargers out there in public but there's still a lot more that are needed so i think this is this is probably the right move uh evs are eventually going to take over uh you may have some long-term uh need for plugins where people uh say with some pickups and the like but evs will eventually take over but this gives time to get it right rather than forcing uh the manufacturers to put stuff that's not quite ready for everyone out there in the market we should
3: Point out that the the Green Lobby, though, is blasting this big time, saying uh, it's going to mean uh, warmer weather, it's going to mean hotter summers, it's going to mean more kids with asthma. But, I mean, the folks at Toyota have made a pretty, uh, I think, compelling argument on the other side, saying for most families, you will shrink your carbon footprint by 80% with a plug-in. Yeah, as I said before, uh, people I know who
5: have plug-in hybrids, uh, tell me that they go sometimes several months before they wind up burning a drop of gas. The reality is that most people typically drive less than 50 miles a day, even if they've got long commutes. So plug-in hybrids have proved to be very, very popular with those folks who want to go electric but yeah. still aren't comfortable when they, say, want to go up to Traverse City over the uh over the holiday the like. Uh, I think plug-in hybrids are going to gain a lot of momentum. Yeah, my son's uh, got as, a Honda
3: Clarity, loves it. And and he's, I mean, it has maximum flexibility. He never fills it up. But if he needs to take it on a long trip, he can. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the reality is EVs are delivering more and more range. I
5: can take mine uh, all the way up to Traverse City. I probably would want to stop and uh, and charge up at least one point along the way. But you're seeing more and more EVs that are 250, 300, even over 400 miles of range now. And you're just going to continue to see improvement. Uh, Anybody that thinks – I'm a little bit disappointed in the the environmental lobby on this one. I understand why they're taking the position, but the reality is it wasn't like we were going to see a switch to 100% EVs in the next five years. I don't think that we're going to see the industry slow down the rollout of EVs. The acceleration is going to happen. There are improvements in technology coming. There are more low-cost EVs coming. There are more chargers coming. I think what's happening is that the Biden administration, the EPA, they've looked at the numbers. They've looked at what the reality is. And rather than force things to happen a couple years earlier than it could with consumers really adapting to EVs, they're reflecting the reality of the marketplace.
0: Paul, politically, how did the UAW play in this? Did they uh, they play a part as well And the president saying, you know, we're going to slow things down a little?
5: Well, I would be stunned if there weren't politics involved in the decision. And everything's politics. Heck, where I want to go for dinner tonight is politics, right? Uh, but uh, UAW, UAW had said that they were a little concerned about the speed at which the Biden administration was moving. Uh, but they also then endorsed him. So uh, was there a little bit of a nudge from the UAW? No question.